Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Joining you tonight, it's Ian and Aria. In regard to video game movies, that is a video game that gets turned into a movie. Mm -hmm. It's usually a way of transporting money from one country to another without paying the obscenely high taxes on it. Uh, There's been a number of videos of people exploring the subject, and it, it seems to check out as far as I can tell. Like... Uh, most of them are made in Germany, I think is the place. And if you want, if you have, you know, $80 million in, in, in Germany and you want to bring it to the United States, you want to repatriate that money, you're going to pay very high taxes. This is part of one of the issues in the United States is that the repatriation money thing, I don't know exactly how it all works, but if you have money offshores and you bring it back to the United States, apparently that involves very high taxes. Huh. So the way they get around this is they make a movie. In one of these countries, and video game movies are guaranteed to sell because you got that built-in fan base already. So you're built in; you're pretty much going to break even, and you're certainly going to even if you lose money, you're not going to lose as much as you would if you just paid those taxes. So for eighty million dollars, you spend that making the movie, you make seventy-eight million dollars or whatever, and you make those sales in the United States. So you repatriate the money. Without paying those huge repatriation taxes. And as far as I can tell, that's how most of these video game movies are created, and that's why they're created. Even if they are like total bombs, you're saying it's still worth doing? Yes, because they they tend to break even. Like what Hollywood considers to be a bomb Mm -hmm. is a movie that doesn't make, you know, $10 billion or some obscene amount of money. And this is true in video Mm -hmm. games as well. I can't remember the video game exactly what game it was, but they considered it a failure because it only sold six million copies, and this is common in the video game world. Did in it the turn movie a profit? It, it turned an enormous profit, mm-hmm. but making some money isn't good enough. Making a lot of money isn't mm-hmm. good enough. These people have to make all the money. Mm-hmm. Like six million mm-hmm. video game sales, that's an extraordinary number. Sounds pretty big to me. Yeah. yeah, but when they look at it, they're like, "Oh, we we should have sold fifteen million mm. or whatever." But it so there, there's this huge disparity between what they actually do and what they think sh- they should do. And this is true of movies as well, where a, a movie that only makes eighty million dollars, they consider it a failure because it didn't make you know eight hundred million or insert mm. whatever number here. I don't know what numbers they usually make or how much they usually cost to make. However, there there has been a lot of research into why video game movies are consistently terrible and it from what i can tell that theory checks out that it's a way of bringing money from overseas back into the united states repatriating it i've never heard that there's a tax on having a bank account on like a a bank transfer from your german bank to the u.s there's a tax on that i'm not sure how it works but i know that this is why a lot of these super rich people have money offshores Mm mm-hmm and it's why they don't bring it back to the United States. And there was a thing during the Trump era or during the – the in one of these presidential era, eras, they were talking about temporarily having a moratorium on it and allowing people to repatriate money to, quote, stimulate the economy or whatever. Uh, so it is a thing. I don't know the details of it because yeah. I don't have I, – I don't live in that world of high finance. So there's this game that's come out. It's called Hogwarts Legacy. You said there's been a series of these Harry Potter games. They've been pretty bad uh, overall. 
You mentioned it off the air, I think, last night, and you said you were going to actually give the game a shot because you had yep. purchased the game simply because of the controversy, not per se because you really were that interested in playing it. That's the impression I got from you. Are you a huge Harry Potter fan, or like, where's your level of interest in that whole, what do you call it, uh, series, I guess? I liked Harry Potter as I grew up. You know, I was the generation that Harry Potter was effectively written for. You know, so you've I, read some of the books. I've read all the books. All of them. Okay. I grew up with Harry Potter, and there was. I've began, read none of them. She began sort of slacking off because to me, it takes a long time to write a book. But the mm-hmm. idea was that you know, when Harry Potter was entering his first year of Hogwarts and was ten years old or however old he was, I think I was about ten years old at the time. I don't remember now, but the age gap wasn't terribly far off. And then, you know, when he was entering his fourth year and he was 15 or whatever, Mm -hmm. I was about 15 years old. There was that huge gap there where I was a teenager and Harry Potter was slowly transitioning from kids books to young adult books because Mm -hmm. they did that. And it, but it wasn't cool. It's like the Pokemon games or insert whatever. If it's cool when you're 10 years old, it's probably not going to be cool to you when you're 15, 15 or 16 years yeah. old. So there is that gap there. But Harry Potter did mature and it did transition into being about young adults or being directed toward young adults. And it was they were really good. They weren't the best things ever written, but they were creative and they were thought provoking and they were. They they were decent reads. Mm-hmm. It was a creative world that I could lose myself in, and I loved that aspect of it. I've always loved fantasy in particular, any sort like Forgotten Realms, Dragonlance, um, even Magic the Gathering has some books, and RPGs in general, anything with wizards and dragons and stuff. It's always been my favorite genre, and Harry Potter has all of that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a unique it's a it's unique in how it takes the real world and puts it alongside this magical world. They have dragons in Harry Potter? There are dragons okay. in Harry Potter. I've seen the movies only once. You know, I, I don't have a, a big recollection of them. I enjoyed them. I thought they were yeah. entertaining. They, they were faithful adaptations. The books are certainly better. Mm-hmm. That, that's not true in all cases. I have not seen the ones that weren't the Harry Potter ones. I know there's been another series of uh, mystical animals or something like that. Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, uh, that's kind of... That's kind of sad. Uh, well, not sad, but that's kind of regrettable because mm. the I've only seen one of them, but it was really good. The Crimes of Grindelwald okay. was the Fantastic Beast that I've seen, and I would like to see the others. I just haven't because I'm not a big fan of J.K. Rowling. Now, why is that? It's because she is a TERF. She is a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. And, and the definition of a TERF is a feminist, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Someone who calls himself a feminist but excludes trans people saying that, well, you're not really women, so therefore feminism or whatever doesn't attach to you, essentially. Is that kind of what it is? Yes. Mm -hmm. What is so offensive about uh, the author, J.K. Rowling, as far as her being a turf? It seems like that's not a particularly unfair position for them to say, hey, look, we're different. I don't know. To be honest. I mean, I've never read any of her statements right. about it, so I don't know you know, how offensive they are or whatever. I'm going mostly off of hearsay. I don't uh, know okay. what Rowling has said about trans people. From what I've heard, uh, many from people who I trust generally on the matter, she is not a fan of trans people. She is, mm. she is degrading to an extent toward trans people, and she treats... 
she would treat trans people as slightly lesser to whatever degree, like maybe 1% lesser than your average person. But she seems to look down to some extent on trans people. Okay. And I don't or know. Or so you've heard. Yes. And I tend to trust these people's judgment. Okay. But there, there is, it, she's not a Nazi, right? She's mm-hmm. not out there saying we have to put trans people to death or whatever. She's not doing any of these things that some crazy people on the left to accuse her of doing. But she is a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. She is a TERF. And she is, I don't like the word transphobic because I don't think she fears trans people, but she is anti-trans to some degree from what I've heard. And I tend to rely on those assessments of her. I don't care enough about her opinions to look into what she has said. But because of all of this, I try to avoid giving her money. You know, just basic market principle of, you know, voting with your wallet. Mm -hmm. I don't boycott her products. I don't boycott the Harry Potter series, but when given the choice, I choose not to give her money. Just like I'm not boycotting Chick-fil-A, which gives money to, you know, gay conversion therapy uh, camps and stuff like that. They, they're they anti-gay, sort of, to some extent. But I don't oh, man, bo- that chicken's good. Maybe, but <laughs> it's, it's a hate chicken, right? That's the chicken. way I view it. And I don't want to buy it. I I don't have any objection to people out there (laughs) buying it because I don't think it matters that 0.001% of your money that you spend at Chick-fil-A going to this gay camp is not going to, or this anti-gay camp, it's not going to make a difference in, Mm -hmm. in the over, in the grand scheme one way or the other. You're not going to bankrupt Chick-fil-A. They're not going out of business. Too many people like them. And No, remember there was that protest about Chick-fil-A, like, I don't know, 15 years ago, and there ended up being a boycott that happened. So there was a boycott because, you know, some gay people were offended. uh, And so there was this big boycott, but then this big boycott happened, and there was literally lines, like, wrapping around the block, people trying to go in and buy Chick-fil-A from the conservative side. So it actually ended up having the—the boycott had a reverse effect because the opposite actually ended up happening. I'm not surprised to hear that. Something similar happened to Disney, if I remember right, when the Christians tried to boycott it because it's pro-LGBTQ mm. This when I was a kid. So I don't remember all the specifics. Yeah. But I'm not convinced that boycotting and that, you know, I was boycotting Blizzard for the last several years. The video game company. Yes. And a lot of people continue to boycott Blizzard because... For what? For supporting China? Uh, they support China. They are also antagonistic of free speech. Like they... Mm-hmm. They penalized one of their streamers in, in one of their officially ordained Blizzard competitions or whatever because he said free Hong Kong right. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they were doing China's bidding in that right. case. And they, they're notorious. The company Blizzard has a huge problem with sexism, and it seems to start at the top with Bobby Kotick, I think is his name. Didn't Microsoft just buy Activision Blizzard? They're working on it, oh, but okay. it, it's getting blocked by the government, and it's, it's you know, the government. Wow. And, it, and it's unclear if it's going to actually proceed or not, but Blizzard, as a company, has done some really shady stuff. They tend to be sexist, and they and they're, they're just not a good company that I want to support. Andrew is on the line calling us from Manchester, New Hampshire. Andrew, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, I just wanted to call in on uh, this Valentine's Day Eve or whatever it is. that um, Eve would be yesterday. Today is. is Valentine's Day. Oh, today is Valentine's Day. Yes, Indeed. on the dot. 
is that um uh to my in my opinion the high point of civilization is Amsterdam and um you know you've got your legal shroom stores you've got your legal weed you've got your legal prostitution mm-hmm. and it's it's an amazing city to walk around in and the only thing it's missing is people open carrying and mm. i think you're never going to get the open carry in Amsterdam, but we can make the rest of that stuff happen in New Hampshire. So that's, that's my dream for the state. I love that. That's that's yep. fantastic. I mean, we already have decriminalized weed. We already have open carry and concealed carry without a government permit here in New Hampshire, unless you're a felon or something like Ari and I. Uh, but uh, pretty much everybody else can. And well, so, technically, I'm not a felon yet. I guess not. I mean, I'm a convict, so technically I'm convicted. I think I am a, even though I haven't been sentenced, I believe I am a uh, felon. And you've taken a plea. I pled guilty, but it's not official mm-hmm. until I sentencing? sentenced. Uh, the, the judge has not accepted the plea. I see. Well, the bail conditions still pre- prohibit you from having a gun, so you're effectively yes. you're on the outs on that one. But uh, prostitution, unfortunately, there's been no movement on that here in New Hampshire. There have been a few bills over the years in the last several years that have not been terribly received. I remember there was one maybe four or five years ago uh, put up by a free stater Democrat who was elected as a Democrat uh, in New Hampshire. And I think it got like 150 votes in the, in the state house. So like not bad for the kind of the first run at doing some decrim of prostitution. I, I would say it's, it's doable here. It just needs to, it needs to be focused on more. It doesn't come back often enough. It should be hitting every two years and it's not. Definitely. And shrooms too, you know, we, uh, every state, you know, is making some progress on weed, but the next frontier is uh, psychedelics, too, which are honestly a lot more important, you know, if you're not just into into getting getting a little bit of pleasure, but exploring uh, your consciousness. Well, I hope you're following uh, and supporting the bills that are in this year. Are you aware that there is a bill to... Uh, to completely decriminalize psilocybin and also, I think, LSD, mescaline, uh, and one other thing that's escaping me at the moment. I'm curious how they're characterizing psychedelics. Uh, they actually use the word hallucinogen, which is kind of more of an offensive uh, kind of word, I think, than than psychedelics. But the word hallucinogen is used in the statutes. Okay. So they're basically trying to decriminalize the hallucinogen aspect of the law. Are you aware of these things, Andrew? No, no, I'm I'm just hearing about them now, and um, yeah, that that would be progress over Amsterdam because they've got you can get the the shrooms in the head shops, but they don't have any LSD for sale. So uh, that's that you know you've always got to have competition. That's their competition. Um, I don't have the bill number <laughs> handy at the moment, but if you're familiar with the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, uh, you should probably get connected with them. They've got a really handy system called GenCorp Mobile. It's a website that they put together that allows you to uh, identify what the bills are that are out there that you're interested in. It allows you to follow each of the bills every year that, that you want to follow, so you'll get updates as the bill kind of goes through the process, you'll get like an email that'll let you know, okay, uh, there's been a vote on this bill, or there's a vote coming up, or there's a hearing coming up. That kind of thing kind of keeps you in the loop with what's going on. I don't know if that bill has been voted on yet, but it did already have its public hearing. So uh, you don't have a chance to speak publicly about it, but you may still be able to send an email to the state reps there. So check out the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. If you haven't joined that organization yet, I highly recommend it. Hi, you're on the air. What's your name? Hi, my name's um, Alexis. Hi, Alexis. I have 
been having a chronically online day, and I happened to see that um, Arya said something about Zelensky being a Nazi, and I just, I, I might be an, unfo- I'm pretty uninformed, but I wanted to know what that's about. I don't believe I said that Zelensky is a Nazi. Uh, you're referring to a tweet that I posted yeah. earlier, and let me let me find it because I don't remember exactly what I said, and I want I don't want to say that I said that Zelensky that I did not say Zelensky is a Nazi. Well, maybe it had something to do sure. with the uh, the people that are yeah. the Ukrainian military. Don't, don't let me twist your yeah. Don't let me right. twist you your words. I'm not. I it's a question. <laughs> so I was referring to Harry Potter, and what what in the tweet is essentially about Harry Potter. I said. Let those without sin cast the first Expelliarmus. Expelliarmus is a spell in Harry Potter, and it's a play on the on the saying, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And then I went on, I'm playing Hogwarts Legacy. You're supporting Zelensky. One of us is supporting Nazis, but it isn't me. And you're right, okay, and yeah. I, I should have worded that better because it does support, it does suggest that Zelensky is a Nazi, uh, so that, supporting, yeah, that, I might have misread it, but, but yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. I should that. have I should have worded that better. Uh, I tried. Well, you to, said he was supporting Nazis, didn't you? I said you're supporting Zelensky. One of us is supporting Nazis, but it isn't me. If you are supporting Zelensky, and you are by proxy supporting Nazis because there have yes. been there's been proof positive that there are there's like a whole division. And I'm sorry, I forget the name of the mm-hmm. division in the Ukrainian military. The Azov Battalion. Azov, that's it. That is made up of Nazis. Right. There is. But that's badly worded. You're right. I shouldn't have worded it that way because it does I, suggest I, I, that Zelensky himself. You. Sorry, I, I, know, I just critiquing want to be clear. Legitimately a question. Yeah. Right. I just want to I'm be like, clear oh, that. I've never heard that. <laughs> right. I just want to be clear that well, Zelensky it, does mm-hmm. not seem to be a Nazi. There's no mm-hmm. reason to believe that Zelensky is a Nazi. And I did not mean. To suggest that Zelensky is a Nazi. Well, we don't know. I yeah. mean, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But we do know that there are Nazis that are. are in the Ukrainian military. Isn't there a saying, like, if there's one Nazi at a table and everybody else is at the table, then you have ten Nazis? I've never heard that's that particular that's, saying. That's, that's I don't a, know. Yeah, I, I've been hearing that a little that's a, bit online, It's a ridiculous like, saying. I mean, I've had dinner with Chris Cantwell, but that doesn't make me a Nazi. <laughs> No, I think I think it's the the analogy or whatever is supposed to be like oh if you associate yeah if you basically that whole thing like oh by guilty by association. Well, that's ridiculous. I'm just going to throw that right out there. I mean, I don't I don't have an opinion on that. I just heard I hear that in association with Nazis all the time. The, like, the fact is, and, when the U.S. government gives Zelensky billions and now it's over 110 billion dollars, and that doesn't include the equipment that he's mm-hmm. being sent, like the German tanks and the bombs and the you know missiles or whatever, $110 billion, you know that money is going to the Azov Battalion and is going to the hands of actual Nazis. So supporting Zelensky is, by proxy, supporting Nazis directly with money, and God knows it's, how much of it. I hope I don't sound again uninformed, but it sounds, the way you, what you're describing to me sounds like a repeat of history, like... Uh, the U.S. gives a bunch of money to a foreign militant under the guise of some war, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the exact same thing happened with um, Bin Laden, right? Sure, yeah. Sure, and it's just so. a matter of time before the United States and Ukraine are at one with, war with one another. That's the way this has always played out. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Ridley on the line, calling us from, I think, Colorado still. Dave Ridley from Ridley Report. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, 
Well, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but last year, I think, uh, New Hampshire came within an ace of passing a ban on plastic bags. So you said New Hampshire came something, New Hampshire was trying to tax plastic bags? A ban them, I think he said. Well, it, it was it wasn't quite a ta- it was more it wasn't a ban so much as like a restrictions on plastic bags. Does that make sense? And you said it came within a what of doing it? Uh, within an eighth. Okay, like meaning an eighth of the state house. An eighth. It, it passed the state house, but it wasn't. It was no never. Way. I don't think it got. Yeah, it didn't get through the the Senate. Apparently, that seems unbelievable. Governor. I mean, it was a Republican state house. The odds that they would be supporting yeah. a ban on plastic bags would shock me if that were true. Well, again, it wasn't quite quite a ban. It would have been more like a, a restriction or taxes on bags or whatever. But anyway, they they passed one in Colorado that went into effect just about mm-hmm. a month ago, and even I thought, well, this is bad, but you know, it's probably not going to be. Uh, it probably won't make that much difference. But no, no, it made it, it made it took the fun out of shopping in a way that I never expected. So what happened is like Walmart, the, the Walmart here stopped. They wouldn't. Um, they won't bag anything for you anymore. You have to bag what? it yourself. And, um, Meaning you have to bring your own you, bags, or do they pre- you have to bring them? your own bags? You have, yeah, and you have to bag it yourself. And mm-hmm. uh, if you don't, if you if you want to, and they, they, the Walmart just stopped offering plastic bags. Now you have to you have to like buy a seventy five cent one of those awful cloth bags that doesn't even work um, for each like uh, seventy five cents per bag. Um, <clears throat> there was another place i went uh king supers where they uh they didn't even have any they didn't even have any people manning their uh uh manning their bag line their 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 cashiers were not none of their cashiers were working it was just automated uh and you had to use the plastic bags so i just i i thought okay so these must be exempt or something because there's no there's no notice here that these plastic bags cost anything so i guess i'll just go ahead and do my own groceries you know do it all manually and put it put it in the plastic bag and they told me no we're going to charge you for the plastic bag so i said okay i'm taking everything out of these plastic bags and, and i can i'll just hand you these plastic bags back because i'm not paying a tax on plastic bags mm-hmm. <laughs> that goes all goes to the government um so it's just they take it they all the fun the government has taken all the fun out of shopping and mm. it started with the, the masks and um wow. it's just, now you have now you have to plot a strategy before you go into the store. Uh, I, I've been taking boxes in, but it's that's a mess too because they take up they don't fit right in the in the uh, the grocery cart, and it's just it's just awful. So we got to make sure this doesn't this doesn't come to me. Where answer. did you hear that this pass or that this failed by an eighth? Um, I don't remember. I just googled it and looked okay. at the news. You may have had go, gotten some bad information. Uh, it it was in a committee, so you're referring to what was called uh, HB 1119 relative to the regulation of single-use bags. This was heard last year. But they're not single-use. Any Every plastic bag that I've ever used could be multiple-use. Sure, but that's how they're referring to them or whatever. That's This is the billing question. And I understand that, but the whole reason for this nonsense about plastic bags is, you know, protecting the planet and, mm-hmm. you know, may, not littering and wasting a bunch of stuff. But, like, they're all reusable. Sure. Once you get them home, you, I use them to line trash cans or whatever. Uh, but anyway, my point here is it did have a close vote in the committee. 
we got Crichton on the line in Kentucky. Crichton, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. I wanted to call in and talk about the Azov Battalion, but before I mention that, I wanted to mention to Aria that um, I can see it on your face because I get many migraines as well that you're suffering. And in my experience, is the best solution, the immediate solution, is a combination of caffeine and aspirin. Um, so, I mean, that's sort of the so, issue. Um, I'm giving up caffeine these days. Mm. Do, I, I've cut back on caffeine a lot. Right? How much? From how much to what? Probably 600 milligrams a day to... That's a lot, right? Yeah. Okay. A cup of coffee is like, what, 150 or 120 or something like that? Yes. And yeah. a, a can of Monster typically contains between 150 and 200 milligrams of caffeine, depending okay. on... You That's know, what, like a 16-ounce can or something? Yeah. Okay. And I would well, tend to know, drink between two and three Monsters a day. I've cut Monsters out of my diet entirely. Wow. Okay. Because, I mean, they're very high in sugar, and I want to lose some weight, there, right? and cutting out the monsters, and I'm already having trouble sleeping, so cutting out monsters is the best way to do it. Okay. So, I've... Well, you don't need that much caffeine. No, uh, I've, I've cut... Yeah, I've cut my caffeine intake down considerably mm-hmm. to probably, you know, 10% of what it was to where now I'm just, instead of having a monster, I'm having a cup of coffee, and I okay. don't like coffee. And it's well, not as effective. I also cut out the kratom, and my body's still dealing with that because mm-hmm. kratom it gives me energy, right? And I've cut that out because I, you know, it's just time to take a break from it. Okay. Well, right. just a little bit of caffeine helps the, the blood vessels in the brain constrict. So it helps prevent that. But yeah, you, you have to do you. I'm not sure of that. But I wanted to comment about the Azov Battalion and how it's. They're called Nazi, but they're not called Nazi in the context that Americans would really understand. Um, from the Russian perspective, that they're being called Nazi from the Russian perspective because that's the way the Azov Battalion wants to present themselves to the Russian people, to the Russian government. From the Russian perspective of what they call the Great Patriotic War, we call the, Se- the Second World War. The Nazis from Germany were were uh, ethnically anti-Russian, anti-Rus. The actual ethnicity of most of the Russians in Russia, uh, and that's from that perspective that they that the Azov Battalion in particular is Nazi, and why they take those Nazi symbols to intimidate Russia in particular mm-hmm. from from a uh, ethnic cleansing perspective, but the flip side of 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 a of um, Zelensky, who is Jewish, uh, commanding the Azov Battalion, a Nazi battalion, uh, is that he's in a, a strange position that he might actually not be able to not engage in this war with the Azov Battalion until the Azov Battalion itself is destroyed. Because otherwise, if they're still a functioning military, they might turn around on him. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, he has no – he seems to have nothing but – I don't want to use the word respect, but he seems to like the Azov Battalion. He doesn't seem to have any real issue with them. He set a number of them out, out of prison so that they could rejoin the army. He's effectively rebuilt hmm. The Azov Battalion and allowed some of his members, some of whom were literal child rapists, to be freed from prison and put back into the military. 
and now the Wagner uh, militia group from Russia is destroying them. So to go back to J.K. Rowling and the controversy that I guess has bubbled up over the last, I don't know what, most of the last decade now over yeah. her being, quote unquote, a turf, as you described it. Now, Aria, you did say you were kind of going on what other people had said. You had not actually researched it directly. I have not. Um, and, to, and to be fair, I have not had a chance to dig through this. But J.K. Rowling does have a lengthy blog post where she kind of explains in her own words, you know, what has happened what led to what and so on you know the different steps along this uh this path and i seem to recall her admitting or acknowledging or at least agreeing that she is a turf and i i i recall that firsthand experience and i don't remember if i read it in a tweet i mean, and of course it could have been a doctored tweet it could have been you know a, a fake screenshot yeah if there's ever a screenshot you never know if it's real right. you have to actually see the original to know for sure um, basically what she says here, and again, not through the whole, the whole piece yet, but apparently at some point she, she liked something on Twitter. She says here that, uh, what happened was she did an accidental like, she said she had been taking an interest in gender identity and transgender matters and began screenshotting comments that interested her as a way of reminding herself what she might want to research later on one occasion. I absentmindedly liked instead of screenshotting. That single like was deemed evidence of wrong think, and a persistent low level of harassment began. Months later, I compounded my accidental like crime by following Magdalene Burns on Twitter. Magdalene was an immensely brave young feminist and lesbian who was dying of an aggressive brain tumor. I followed her because I wanted to contact her directly, which I succeeded in doing. However, as Magdalene was a great believer in the importance of biological sex and didn't believe lesbians should be called bigots for not dating trans women with penises, dots were joined in the heads of Twitter trans activists, and the level of social media abuse increased. And I mean, I, I agree with this. Uh, so far, I haven't heard anything in and of itself that's objectionable. Right. Uh, lesbians who don't want to date trans women are not bigots. Uh, they, they're just expressing their preferences, and it's okay to have preferences. Everybody's got them. Yeah. There's nothing at all wrong with that. She says, what I didn't expect in the aftermath of my cancellation was the avalanche of emails and letters that came showering down upon me, the overwhelming majority of which were positive, grateful, and supportive. Yeah, she was not canceled. She's J.K. Rowling. You you can't, can't, and even if she was canceled, she's, I, I, I want to say she's a billionaire, but I don't think that's true, but she's got enough she's money. She's very successful, it sure. Just, it doesn't matter. Well, I mean, she points out in the pr- previous paragraph that I had skipped that uh, she was told she was literally killing trans people with her hate. Uh, she was called words we can't say on the air, and of course for her books to be burned, although one particularly abusive man told me he'd composted them. So, I mean, this, I guess, is what she considered her cancellation. People were, you know, turning on her, and it, sure. that's never a, a positive feeling. Uh, she said that they came from a cross-section of kind, she's talking about the nice comments she got, uh, empathetic and intelligent people, some working in fields dealing with gender dysphoria and trans people, who are all deeply concerned about the way a sociopolitical concept is influencing politics, medical practice, and safeguarding. They're worried about the dangers to young people, gay people, and about the erosion of women's and girls' rights. Above all, they're worried about a climate of fear that serves nobody, least of all trans youth, well. And friends don't police the content that their friends enjoy. Friends don't give ultimatums to <laughs> right. other friends. 
and I understand where they're coming from. They they may say something like, "Well, a real friend wouldn't support this transphobic That's company." Ridiculous. Okay. And you you would have a point if Rowling's words and speech and actions were actually resulting in real, quantifiable, measurable harm to trans people. But we can't we can't just say, "Well, she says something mean, and therefore." There's actual harm to trans people. Like there was a trans girl who was stabbed in New York yesterday or the day before. I don't remember exactly when, but she Mm -hmm. was stabbed. It's a measure of the loss of perspective that occurs here that we can't have these sorts of conversations. I was having this conversation about Hogwarts on social media and someone actually brought up this trans girl who was stabbed in New York as though that's in any way relevant. Do we know why? No. And, and there's no evidence. A lot of reasons you can get stabbed in New York, right? Right. There's absolutely no evidence that this person was stabbed because she was a trans girl. Yeah. She was a trans girl who was stabbed. That right. doesn't mean she was stabbed because she was a trans Correct. girl. But, and, and we're having a conversation about this video game and about whether or not it's okay to play this video game. This conversation about someone getting stabbed is completely irrelevant mm-hmm. To the discussion, it's like me saying, "Oh, well, I don't like my uncle because he secretly says the N word at family gatherings." And and this person says to me, oh, "Yeah, I know. My uncle used to lynch a bunch of black people." It's like, "Whoa, hold, <laughs> hold on," because these two things are fundamentally different. What you yeah. just said is way worse than what I just said. Actually, stabbing a person, whether they're trans or cis or straight or whatever, that's tremendously different. From being a turf or playing a video game that is tangentially related to a turf. These are, there's a entire world of difference between the two things. And this isn't, I, I say you can't, you shouldn't police what entertainment your friends, you know, partake in. And that's true. But if my friends were playing Angry Goitu, which is a video game that was made by Nazis in support mm-hmm. of white supremacist ideology, it's, a, it's not a very good video game. It's a <laughs> it's a shooter, and it's terrible, and it's meant to be racist and offensive, and it's yeah. not very good. But if you pay attention, all you actually do in the entire video game is you play as a white person who's shooting and killing other white people. I don't understand what in and of itself is actually racist about that? You're just a white person shooting other white people. You're not even shooting black people in this game, right? I'm surprised. Right. But you're not. You're just shooting other white people. But anyway, this isn't Angry Going 2. Angry Going 2, the point of that is to be racist mm-hmm. and you know white supremacist. That's not Hogwarts Legacy. The, pl- the plot yeah. of Hogwarts Legacy isn't about killing trans people or being transphobic doesn't it actually have a trans person in it it does and that's that right there shows you how truly unhinged these people are about hogwarts legacy have you encountered that character you said you played the game for three to four hours last night does that character make an appearance uh she does i have not gotten there i need to find this character's name real quick so give me one second because i don't remember off the top of my head but that character more than any other Shows exactly how insane these people are. The character's name is, uh, uh, stupid advertisements. It's Serona something. Okay. And I can't find the last name now. Serona, right? Mm -hmm. Not exactly the best name I've ever heard, but not a terrible name either. As far as games go, it has a number of problems. Uh, the map. Every, every time I open the map in the video game, I end up ranting up briefly about how terrible the map is. Like, Map technology in video games mm-hmm. goes back to the at least the early 80s, and I don't know why they struggled so much to have a decent working map in Hogwarts Legacy, but the map that's included 
It's completely useless. The worst video game map I've seen probably in the last 15 years of gaming. Is this a game like an open world game or is it a sort of linear level you got to get from point A to point B and... It's an RPG, very similar. It's not quite open world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of like Skyrim, except there are quests that one has to follow a bit more structured and organized than Skyrim. Got it. And, but it is an RPG with quests and all that sorts of stuff. I'm not entirely sure yet to what extent it's really open because it's very guided so far. There's... There's not much opportunity to explore. It's very structured, very rigid, and just honestly, it's not a whole lot of fun so far. I'm about four hours in, and I'm not having a good time. It, hmm. You're supposed to lead with your best foot, right? Mm-hmm. You're supposed to come out, come out strong with an intense, exhilarating game, and I'm just not experiencing that. It's boring and dull. And I'm hoping that at some point it's going to take off. You're going to keep going? You're going to keep playing it? Probably, at, okay. at least for the foreseeable future, just to see if it gets any better. But it's it's not fun so far. So the thing is that these uh, act, quote-unquote activists you know, that are just trying to make people's lives a living hell, apparently, on the Internet because they disagree with something they said, and now all of their products can never be considered good. That something they did enjoy, probably while they were growing up, probably enjoyed quite a bit. And then they had a disagreement, or a perceived disagreement at least, with the creator of those uh, those things that they really enjoyed, and then they decided to completely turn against their previous uh, fandom and reject it entirely, but not just simply rejecting it entirely, but also to reject anyone else who doesn't reject it entirely. Yes, a lot of people are ending friendships and families, uh, family <laughs> ties over that, and to me that's... That's absolutely disgusting, man. Like I've It's petty is what it is. I lost friends when I transitioned. Mm-hmm. I lost family members when I transitioned. People cut me out of their lives just because I transitioned. It, the idea of ending friendships because they like a video game that I don't like. And again, this isn't Angry Goy 2. This is just a video game that may by, by you know one connection to another connection to another connection, it has some ties to this turf. Who d- alleged? You, well, she is a turf. She's okay. a, she's admitted to being has a she? turf. Okay, but that's not to say that she's transphobic or that she's anti-trans. And I think I it's, don't think she is. No, based on what I'm seeing, I think it's disingenuous of people to act like she hates trans people or she wants people to not be trans or she wants trans people yeah. to be put to death or to whatever degree or she just doesn't want people to be trans. I don't think she has anything particularly against trans people. To me, she's she's. I don't know what she is, but she hasn't seemed to me as someone who hates trans people and wants to do them any harm whatsoever. As I say here, I feel like she's fairly thoughtful. Um, and again, I've jumped down in this essay, this lengthy yeah. uh, blog post here. She's referring to a woman who, a researcher, a physician, a researcher who um, wrote a paper, uh, Lisa Littman. She said, parents, this is Littman who said in an interview, parents online were describing an unusual pattern of transgender identification where multiple friends and even entire friend groups became transgender identified at the same time. I would have been remiss had I not considered social contagion and peer influences as potential factors. She mentioned online websites like uh, Instagram and Reddit and such. 
as being contributing factors to rapid onset gender dysphoria, where she believes that in the realm of transgender identification, youth have created particularly insular echo chambers. And we have seen that in Generation Z, for instance, uh, which you are not, you're in, uh, you're a millennial, uh, but in Generation Z, we're seeing a, a much larger percentage of people who are non-binary or trans or sort of like something else category. There are plenty of trans men, which is a female to male person who don't like frilly pink stuff. Some of them do mm-hmm. like frilly pink stuff, but that's that's not all it boils down to. And these female to male people, the the lack of their interest in typically female things isn't what makes them trans. And that seems to be the perspective that Rowling is coming at it, which is, oh, well, when I was a teenager, I didn't like these pink frilly things either. So maybe if I was born 30 years later, I would have been trans, but that's not all there is to it with these people who transition with trans people that it's not just a matter of, Oh, well I don't like football. I like football just fine. Right. I don't like steaks or I don't like wearing pants or whatever. None of that is what makes me a trans person. It's true that I'm not into football, but at the same time, I do like football. And at the same time, there are female to male trans people who do like pink stuff, who do like frilly stuff, and there are some who don't. Mm-hmm. These issues, these these gender cultural norms are relevant to the discussion, but they're not the end-all, be-all that Rowling seems to think they are. Okay. She says, I want to be very clear here. I know transition will be a solution for some gender dysphoric people. Yep. Although, I'm also aware through extensive research that studies have consistently shown that between 60 to 90% of gender dysphoric teens will grow out of their dysphoria. Again and again, I've been told to just, quote, meet some trans people, unquote. I have. In addition to a few younger people who are all adorable, I happen to know a self-described transsexual woman who's older than I am and wonderful. Although she's open about her past as a gay man, I've always found it hard to think of her as anything other than a woman. And I believe and certainly hope she's completely happy to have transitioned. And the- I, I definitely want to highlight that because she's right. Rowling is right. And you're not allowed to say this today. And this this may be why people call her transphobic. But gender... That's not what I'm hearing no. at all. But this, but, but this may be why people call her that yeah. because you're not allowed to say this. Gender identity disorder, this, this situation where one's gender doesn't correspond to one's birth sex or however one wishes to characterize it, it sucks. And the the most effective way of treating it for some people is to transition. Like for me, the most effective way of resolving all of these issues is to transition into being a trans woman. Mm -hmm. But that's not the solution for everyone. That's not what everyone needs. Maybe some people just just need a therapist they just need someone to talk to or or they just want to be a drag queen on the weekends or whatever having that viewpoint is what is causing the hatred possibly Mm -hmm. It, it, it it's certainly causing it from some people because you're not allowed to say that you're not allowed to recognize the reality that transitioning isn't for everyone it's Transitioning is a treatment for gender identity disorder. It's Mm -hmm. not the only treatment. It's not always the best treatment. Just like chemotherapy is a treatment for some forms of cancer, but it's not always the best treatment. It's not always the best option. And I have a headache, right? But that doesn't mean I need to take Excedrin or Mm -hmm. aspirin or Tylenol or whatever. Maybe that works for some people in some scenarios, but right now it's not going to work for me in this scenario. So 
just because you have this one medicine, transitioning is the medicine, doesn't mean it's always used to treat this medical condition that is gender identity sure. disorder. And that's just that's just a simple, true statement, but you're not allowed to say it. In the quote-unquote collective. Right. Mm-hmm. We're, well, these are people who – sounds like these are people who are so committed to their way. It's their way or the highway. Yeah. If you don't go full on and you know cut your body parts off, then these people will say you're not serious about it. Is that right? There, there are some of those. That, that tends to be less true That's among the That's got to be left. the extreme, the most extreme, right? I mean, mo- in my experience, most people on the left don't think you have to undergo any sort of surgery or e- even any sort of hormone replacement mm-hmm. therapy in order to transition or to be female or male or whatever. Like, I, I know some trans people or some people who claim to be trans. I don't want to get into the complications there, mm-hmm. but they, they have a five o'clock shadow and they want to be called, you know, her. <laughs> and you have people on the left, these same people on the left who would call Rowling transphobic or anti-trans or say she's literally trans, killing trans people. They would say that this person is trans and should be called she, her and all of these other things. Simply you, because they say so. She is doing a lot of positive good things for lgb lgb people in general she's very pro-gay pro-lesbian all of these great things and she could also be doing that work in support of trans people Mm -hmm. and she chooses not to and that's fine she doesn't have to you know though any what kind of work should she be doing i don't think she has she shouldn't be doing anything that she doesn't want to do right but if she's not doing the things that you think she should be doing and that's why you're not supporting her generally, what do you feel like what do you feel like she could be doing that would make you more likely to support her? Well, she supports the gay and lesbian communities by having gay and lesbian characters in her novels that mm. are portrayed as good people who are just like everyone else, right? And and that's a good thing. We need more of that. We need more mm. characters in media who are gay. And it's not a big deal. It's not the focal point of their entire existence. It's I would not say at this point, that... that's so common. It's like, I don't even think you need to say you need more of it. There's literally gay characters everywhere. There these days. are, but it's not uh, like there's this test, right? And I don't remember what it's called now. It's about how females are portrayed in movies, how women are portrayed mm-hmm. in movies. And th- there's a very simple question of women having a conversation with one another. They have to either... I don't remember all the rules, but it's a really basic criteria where basically the women have to have a conversation where there's no men and in order for it to pass this test. It has to okay. be two or more women having a conversation, and the conversation cannot be about a male. Hmm. It cannot be about a man. And you would be stunned at how many pro-women movies mm-hmm. cannot pass that very basic test of just having two women having a conversation Girls are always talking about the boys, that huh? isn't about men. <laughs> and it, th- that's a very simple, very low bar to pass. But if you ask most people, of course, you know, of course movies are pro-women and, you know, they're not being messed up toward women. They're not being sexist or misogynistic or anything like that. But when you look, the overwhelming majority of Hollywood movies cannot pass that simple test. So, and the same is true of char- gay characters as well. well. Yes, there are a bunch of gay characters in movies, but the very simple test in regard to gay people would be, is do they have any other characteristics aside from being gay? And more often than not, the answer is no. Like, like that's, that's the only thing that is about them. That, that's the only characteristic they happen to have. And the, what makes Rowling know. different. Well, it, it, it is. And what makes Rowling different is that her characters are not defined by their sexuality. And mm-hmm. that's a wonderful thing. Like, 
And to the extent that no one even knew Dumbledore was gay until she felt like she needed to drop that bomb on the world. Because no one cared, right? Because it doesn't matter, right? Right. Until it does. Maybe it did at the time it was dropped. She just included it as a factoid on Twitter that Dumbledore was gay. And it wasn't a central aspect of his character. So there wasn't a scene in the books where he kisses, you know, some teacher as a male in the school or whatever. It never changed his character. It was immaterial. He was just a person who, just like everyone else, he just happened to be gay. Mm -hmm. And that's what Rowling did that was awesome. And it would be great if she could do the same thing. For trans people. Well, now, isn't there a trans... There's a trans character in this new game that has caused a, the latest stir of controversy. Now, it's not... I have a, not encountered this character, though, but the character's name is Serona Ryan. Mm-hmm. And... She's I, she's not coming out of a book, right? The, right. And and so the question is, how much involvement did Rowling have in the production of the game? Did Probably she very little. This? Did she approve this? Did she oversee the scripting know. for the game? I doubt it, but we don't know. She goes on to say that she doesn't like the idea that somebody can just walk into a women's bathroom and, you know, use those facilities because she feels that it puts women at some sort of jeopardy. And uh, and I've I'm skeptical of this particular belief system. Like to me, it seems like if there's a danger, if like there's a person who who uh, is going to be dangerous to women, it's not going to matter what they call themselves as far as whether they're trans or not. They're going to go into that bathroom and they're going to commit some sort of violent act or whatever it is they're going to do. Whether they do it with a wig on their head or not is completely immaterial, right? I think the argument is that the trans ideology or whatever it would be allows them to have freer access to the women's room in order to perpetrate these acts, I think. Does it really, though? I understand that's the argument they're making, but I am skeptical of that argument. Like... It's not like they're restricted from going in there, right? Those doors are unlocked. Anybody who yeah, wants to can true. push a woman's bathroom door open and then go in there and hide in another stall or something like that, right? Like if there's somebody with a, with bad intents, the, the odds that there's someone's going to see them going into the women's bathroom in most places is fairly low. Yeah, and it's not against the law for them to do it, whether they're trans or not. Is that in, right? In most states. I think mm-hmm. in North Carolina, it's illegal. I, I don't know. I'm not a legal expert. But in general, there's no law that says you can't go into the women's room or the men's room. That's interesting. It's just it's just custom. Right. Is what you're saying. Yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, I understand. I, I'm not trying to reject the idea that some women probably feel uncomfortable with a dude in the, in the bathroom. That, I, I get it, right? Like, that's... We didn't. We weren't raised that way, so it probably but feels we were, really weird. But we were raised that way. What do you mean? Wait, like we all grew up in homes where we shared the bathroom with men and women all the time. No, but you know what I mean. I mean, like where you're in at the same time. I mean, it's different if you're in the if you're a little kid and your mom's you know helping you in the bathroom yeah. or something. I'm talking about where you're in the you're in a bathroom stall. You come out and there's someone of the opposite sex standing at the sink, you know, washing up. Now, personally, I don't give a damn. It wouldn't make me bat an eye one way or the other because I don't really care. But I understand why some people would feel weird about that or feel as though they were, you know, having their space invaded. But I just don't think it's realistic to believe that because it's quote unquote okay means you're in some sort of extra danger. I don't believe that for a moment. I think that if you're going to be in danger, it has nothing to do with whether or not somebody considers themselves trans. You, If there's somebody out there who means to do someone harm, whether it be a woman or a man, 
and they want to go into a bathroom, there's absolutely nothing to stop them from doing that. There's no amount of somebody seeing another person of the opposite gender go into a bathroom. What are they going to do? Yeah. You see it happen. What are you going to do? You're either going to avoid the bathroom. Are you going to call the cops? I mean, probably not. By the time the cops arrive, first of all, odds are the dudes or whoever it is is just going in to use the bathroom. Like, I've walked into women's bathrooms before. The ones that are, like, one person size where no one sure. else can walk in. Where I was at a, uh, uh, where was it, like a gas station. We'd stopped at a gas station, and the men's bathroom was locked for too damn long. And I'm like, women's bathroom's open. Okay, I'm going in, you know. And yep, then locked it behind me, and no one else can come in there. Um, but, you know, it's not, a, like you said, it's not a crime. It was just convenient. But for the bathrooms that are larger where there's other people in there, of course, I'm not going to go in to one of those because I don't want to create somebody feeling uncomfortable. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead with your thoughts. Oh, have you guys heard about the Zook out of California? Zook? Z-O-O-K. What's that? It's a self-driving uh, automated taxi. Oh, yeah. Actually, that is in my show prep here, Sarah. I do have uh, Z-O-O-X is actually how it is spelled. It's Amazon that, who knew, Amazon's getting into the taxi business. So uh, Uber and Lyft, you know, we know Uber's been working towards doing automated Ubers. Um, they're not there yet, but they're experimenting with it. Amazon apparently is test driving theirs right now. So that's what you're calling about? Yeah. So are, are they legal now? Are they about to be legal? Um, I don't know. I've, I've seen it. It looks like a little miniature bus. It looks just like a bus. But uh, I'm just so excited because, um, you know, I hate driving. And Do then you drive? He can't. Yeah, you've never driven a day in your life, correct? No, I, I have driven. Really? Times that I got into three car wrecks. And so that's enough for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely don't belong behind uh, the wheel of a car. You have a license, Sarah? I actually, I technically, I have a license, but I'm I'm terrified of driving. Just goes to show, right. they give but, a license to anybody. <laughs> well, well, that, yeah. Well, how did how did you guys know that? That you have yeah, a license? We used to give driver's license to illegals when I used to come here thirty. What years is ago. an illegal? What no no document like uh, when they you know the they you mean a human being. A human being well, who was born came, somewhere you know, I went else? To the DMV. Wait, I went to the DMV about 30 years ago. I was 21. I went to DMV and I said, could I have a New Mexico driver's license? And then she, she looked at me and she said, do you have a driver's license from another state? And I said, yes, I do. And she says, okay, good enough. So she just gave me a New Mexico driver's license. And I'm like, wait, you didn't have to turn in the wrong. other license? No, no. I She never asked no... Social security number, driver's license number, no, no. So you totally, number, you lied no. to this lady. You didn't have a driver's license elsewhere? No, I, I did. She did, she, did you give her your name? She never asked anything on paper. I see. Did you give her your name? And then I found out, well, yeah, they you gave driver's to. license to illegals. Yeah, that's how she and found you, Sarah. Me. You gave her your name, mm, she and she typed up. it into this database. Hey, Sarah, uh, so yeah, we do have this story. Um, uh, so I guess you, you like this idea, the Zooks, the automated car? Well, I love this idea because we were thinking of maybe buying, upgrading after this goes up, buying a house like maybe three miles away from the nearest bus line. Mm-hmm. Who was thinking but about this? Tax, I mean, with this, we could live yeah. there. Sarah, who was thinking really about nice buying place. a house? 
Well, we already have a well, Richard already owns a house right now. You have a townhouse, right? So you're going to buy a second one? Well, I mean, after this goes up, another maybe sixty thousand dollars, we could we could make a down payment on a like a nine hundred thousand house. Down Why is equity? your current house not good enough? I mean, you've you've moved from literally in the time that we've been speaking with you in the last year, you've moved from a trailer to a townhouse, which is a big upgrade, right? Like you're in what oh, a no, two, it's, two three bedroom house oh, no, now. It's great. No, it's great. But how many bedrooms? To, how many baths are you currently in in the townhouse? Well, he we have um, four, one, two, three, four bedrooms. Four. Good lord! Bath. Two baths and, and a half. How about that? Two and a, a half bath. I can see yeah. why Richard's trying to bring these homeless women over. <laughs> He's got the space. Why do you want a $900,000 house when you already have four bedrooms? I mean, do you want to clean more more of a of an empty house? No, I do not want that. I do not need it. But it's, it's Richard. He wants to do it for his egomania. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, Listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.